When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, welcome back to Season 4 of Pigeonal Hockey, a participating member of the Hockey Podcast Network. This is Chris and today's co-host, Steve. Hey, how's it going, hockey fans? And you know us, we're just a couple of goalies that have taken one too many pucks at the head and do not claim to be hockey experts, but simply overzealous hockey fans that love to play, watch, read, and talk about hockey. On this episode, we want to welcome special guest, goaltender for the NCDC's Provo Predators, Ryan Henry. Ryan, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. I'm really excited. I appreciate you guys. Nice to meet you. Well, thanks for jumping on with us. So, yeah, no, I'm excited. We are having a little bit of a chat off camera, like, or off uh, recording like we normally do. And I saw Ryan is from Jersey. So I had to look on up where he's from. Had a good laughs about horn honking and flipping people off where uh, now where he plays, it's more of a smile. But tell us about where you grew up in uh, Wayne, New Jersey, man. Yeah. So, um, you know, growing up in Wayne, like you said, it's a, it's a pretty big town. Um, I went to public school all my life. Uh, you know, I started off actually playing rec hockey. I was never going to play travel. Um, around eight, uh, I was still a player. Uh, the travel coach watched me play. Uh, watched me play goalie one game for for the rec team. So I ended up playing a full season of of B B hockey in America. I know it's different than Canada. Um, was you know I had a lot of fun, so I could, I decided to like switch to goalie full time. And uh, the next year, I actually made a double A team for the New Jersey Bandits, which is in Wayne, actually. Uh, so I played double A there, and I had even more fun playing at a higher level. So uh, the next year, I want to say it was going into sixth grade, so start of middle school. I uh, I went over to the New Jersey Colonials, which uh, was a triple A program. I made the triple A team there, played there for two years, and uh, so then the year after. I was done with the Colonials. I went to the North Jersey Avalanche, actually. And uh, I don't know if you guys know much about the Avs, but they're uh, pretty prestigious. Um, like back in the, back when I was 14, 15, of having the best players in the world. So my team, 14-year year, was number three in the country that year, actually. And we had some of the biggest names in college hockey on our team. Like, I don't know if you know, like Devin Kaplan and, and kids like that, like players at BU, a bunch of kids in the U show. So I went there, kind of started like the competitive aspect. Um, I didn't play much because I was coming from a very worse AAA program. So I decided to go to the New York Saints, which is a, a, a lower end AAA program. But, you know, I got a lot of minutes there. Continued playing AAA, loved it. So uh, I was going into my freshman year of high school and I got accepted to, uh, to Bergen Catholic High School. Um, that's, where I, that's where I went. And I loved it there. So the hockey there was unreal. And uh, fun fact, so my freshman year, our team, so we have we had a Harvard commit and Mickey Thompson. He plays in the USHL now. We had Bryson Lago who committed to Brown. He's playing in the Null. Uh, we had Aaron Manedian, who's playing for Boston College right now. He played NTDP uh, for two years. He just actually won the gold in the World Juniors. He's one of my buddies. Uh, so, you yeah, know what, so though, had, me, me, me being Canadian, that, yeah. that, that one that one stung a bit this yeah, year, but yeah. I'm, a, I'm a Habs fan, so watching Lane Hudson light it on up there was Oh, yeah. Beauty. Yeah, for sure. 
but yeah, so, so we had a bunch of these guys and, you know, I went to Bergen and I really, really enjoyed Bergen. I enjoyed my four years there. So, uh, kind of started to grow out of the Jersey hockey. Um, so actually my first year 18s, I billeted in Connecticut and played for the chiefs there. Uh, it's an 18 U program, you know, I had a good year, skated with a couple of all teams, whatever, um, decided to come back actually my senior year. Cause that was my junior year of high school. So my senior year, I, uh, I decided to come back home and go back to Bergen for my senior year, make my parents happy. Cause I'm an only child, you know? Um, and I played, uh, I played for the New Jersey Titans last year for uh, coach Havlin. He was my coach last year. And I, that was the best experience I've ever had. Honestly, like Javi, he, he brought me in. He told me that like, I'm going to have to earn everything, whatever. And I've never really had a coach tell me that. So that kind of made me, I don't know, like step it up to the next level. Cause it's, it's what I needed to know for juniors. And, uh, I don't know. I, we had a very, very good year for the Titans. And, uh, so fun fact, uh, two of my best friends from the Titans are playing on the Spud Kings now. So I play them almost every oh, other weekend. So second, man. Yeah. So we, <laughs> yeah, we, we play them this weekend, actually. It's uh, Dario Sacchino and Lucas Carlson. So yeah, uh, two of my, two of my really good friends. And then, uh, Another funny one is Tyler Rose on the Spud Kings. I lived with him when I played on the Chiefs in Connecticut. So we were we were teammates there too. Nice. And uh, so, you know, I didn't really think going from Jersey out here, playing in NCDC, I didn't think I was going to know anybody. And, you know, right away I knew Rosie. And then uh, Carly and Dario came not too soon later. So it's been pretty fun being able to see all them out here. And, uh, yeah, I mean, the NCDC West has been awesome. The fans are crazy. I know you guys have been watching that. That's one of the best things about, I think people miss out on with West Coast Junior Hockey is uh, Tier 3 and Tier 2, you can fill these seats. People are, you know, because again, Spud Kings were Tier 3 last year and Mm -hmm. they packed that thing 4,000 plus per, I think they missed a couple full seats. I think they had like 80% a couple Thursdays, but I don't know, only 3,800 fans watching you. Um, No, the, 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 the passion for hockey on the West Coast um, is incredible, and they can they can fill these seats. So it's uh, yeah, it's, it's a lot of fun to play in, isn't it? Yeah, well, I'll tell you what. The playing in Pueblo uh, two weeks ago, that place is a very very underrated <laughs> place to play in. That that was that's fun. Uh, I mean, I'm not gonna lie. I let my emotions get the best of me for most of the game. Um, yeah, we came out with a win, but there was actually funny story. So there was a I don't know what the school is in Pueblo. I think it's CSU, like Colorado State University, Pueblo. I guess they have a D3 baseball team there. And they had like 50, like 45, 50 kids on the roster. And they just, I don't know, I guess Pueblo decided to put them all right behind me, like right on the glass. <laughs> and, and you know, that on top of the, what, 2,000 plus that they have just in the seats heckling me. And these kids yeah. were giving it to me when i say giving it to me i mean just like they knew everything they knew where i was from they knew what high school yep. i went to they knew my full name and like i would get hey, off that's, the ice that's and, impressive chirping man like yeah I, it, I, it I is get like, research I, chirping man this is a whole other I, level. I, I wasn't even mad i was like i was shocked that they knew that so like i would get off the ice and i would have the the 45, 50 guys, they actually had to have security, like mark them off. And I'd have them just giving it to me while I was walking off the ice. And then I had the fans 
from the from the seating because I don't know if you've seen the rink, but they have the seating yeah. like in, just in the middle, and they would actually come down and and do the same thing that they were doing. So the security were on both sides, and they're just absolutely giving it to me. And they're and these these fans are like passionate too. Like they're not like yeah. they're not just there to watch it. Like they're there to like ruin your day. Like they they actually want to so. <laughs> We so Pueblo's Pueblo's proud right now listening to this. Yeah, well so another funny story is we we were winning we were winning three we were winning two one in the third period. And uh or sorry sorry, we were winning four four two in the third. Oh my god, sorry, two weeks ago. So we were winning four two in the third and uh we went down and scored empty netter to make it five two and uh as soon as we went down, I kind of went behind the net to where uh, to where the, the baseball team was and started, you know, giving it to them. And uh, there was still two minutes on the clock, oh. and and they 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 uh, they told me to not speak too soon. And twenty two seconds later, they come down and go bar down on me and made it a game with around <laughs> two minutes left. And they were just giving it to me, and I, I wasn't even mad because I I. He earned it. it. I was so mad at myself for letting <laughs> let myself do that. Yeah, no, I definitely earned it. And uh, so after the game ended, they, my whole team started to come get me because that was my first game in a while. And I didn't even let them like hug me or anything. I just went straight behind the net and jumped into them behind me. <laughs> and they were then my whole team. They they kind of realized that I was I was you know a lot of emotions. So instead of jumping on me, they jumped right into the glass with me, and, like right into the baseball team as well. We and then. Uh, and then as soon as as soon as we were done celebration, we prayed at center ice or whatever. We we were getting off, and the what like the craziest fan that they had was sitting in the corner, and uh, he went up to me and gave me two thumbs up, and he was like, "Yeah, I love that. I love that emotion." So, you know, as as rowdy as they are and as crazy as they are for junior hockey, they're they're respectful. So that's the good thing. Oh, that's and, the and thing. That trip, that. That's what you got to do to a goalie, though. Is you yeah, gotta get off their game. You got to yeah, figure it on out. It's a good thing you didn't go full binner on them, though. No, um. I know. <laughs> I I was thinking about it too. I really was because my emotions. I I don't even remember playing in the game. I had so many emotions that game. The arena's on the west. That's what I mean. Pueblo, like you said, and it's got that low roof as uh Jack yeah. Chibol was talking about on the last podcast because he played yeah. there, and uh, he's like, yeah. It, when they pack that place, it's incredible. And uh, as a home goalie, you know everyone's on your side, so that's a good yeah. feeling. But yeah, when the when the fans do their research, because I know, like I said, I got into uh, the West Coast hockey because I was living just outside Ogden, so I became a Mustangs fan back when it was the WSHL days. And okay. uh, there was this fan that would sit in the rowdy row, and the same thing, like he did his research on each goalie that came yeah. in there, and he would he would roast him, but he also, like you said, he was also like, he never cussed. He never said anything slanderous or anything. He would find every little weakness and then just try to get under their skin the yeah. whole game. And, uh, you know, it's like, Oh, it's a long way from Austria, buddy. You want to go home, you know, and sing stuff like that. So I, I think um, the funniest thing that, that the pub, that the baseball team did was they were like, Oh, Bergen Catholic High School, huh? Like that's the worst school ever. And then like my teammate, my defenseman Tyler Johnson, he came over and he was like, "Didn't you go to like a prep school? Like, are they chirping you for going to like a good high school or something?" I was like, "Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I'm not really listening to them. But if that's what they said, then yeah, I guess they're chirping me. I don't know." <laughs> but yeah, no, I mean, they did their research. 
they're a passionate fan base. They got the team store. Apparently I've never been to Pueblo, but yeah. they got the team store outside the arena. Like yeah. that city's nuts for, for Pueblo hockey. And so it's, it's always such a fun, when I get a choice to watch specific games, wherever I'm at in Pueblo's hosting, it's a fun mm-hmm. broadcast. Um, oh, for sure. You know, That's what my parents were saying too. They were, they were watching the game. They said that the broadcast is really professional and stuff. Yeah, they do great with it. I know Michelle did the games this weekend. Michelle was a well, she's basically at this point a guest co-host. She was a previous co-host on these uh, these podcasts about a couple years ago, but her life became really busy there with uh, working for like the AHL's Eagles and stuff. And now she calls a lot of the Pueblo games when the when the regular guys. I think Doug Wakelin is one mm-hmm. of them. Um, they can't make the game, so and she did great. Calling she, I was going to say against this team, but they played two teams. I think they played. I don't know. I think they played Ogden the second day. They played, they, they played Ogden and, and Idaho, I think. Yeah. Idaho. Okay. Yeah. Because yeah. uh, Idaho then went up to Rock Springs and Yeah, they went up to yeah. Rock, yeah. But uh but yeah, she called some great games and yeah, it's a it's a passionate fan base. They're real fun to watch and uh and that's the Western hockey. And you know, shifting over now to Provo is you know, Pueblo's had some time to kind of build its fan base. Uh, Provo, uh, the franchise itself, uh, as the Predators, is only in its second season. So that crowd is slowly yeah. growing. I know I watched the games last year when they were still Tier 3. Didn't have a lot of fans in the seats at the beginning of the season, but they were selling out by the end of the season. Yeah, I mean, it's 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 difficult. Like, obviously, we want, we want fans in the building, you know. It makes it harder to play play there. But, I mean, the area in Provo is, is awesome. And, you know, like, you look outside. It's like everybody's busy, you know, like – it's it's hard to get the name across. I mean, we we've tossed a couple flyers here and there trying to get fans, you know, on the campuses because there's a bunch of colleges around here. Um, but I I mean I we're hoping you know towards playoffs will come we'll have more uh, more time to uh, get some fans in the building. But it definitely has slowly been getting better. Like we've been getting probably like fifty more each game, you know. So. Yeah. I mean, we're we're hopeful that we'll have fans for playoffs, and I think once people realize what we kind of got going here, like it'll start to get packed slowly. I feel like. Yeah, I mean, it's some of the best jerseys in the USPHL yeah. and NCDC. Um, it's, I mean, it's it's a gorgeous looking rink, and uh, it, yeah, I think again when teams are newer, they just got to slowly build those fan bases. Uh, Pueblo definitely didn't start by packing the house. Mm-hmm. Um, but now they, it's almost impossible to get a ticket there. Yeah. So, um, and so I think sometimes it's just building those fan bases. So if you're listening from, Pue- uh, I was going to say Pueblo, Pueblo, oh, you know, Pueblo come down to Provo. Um, but, uh, <laughs> yeah, okay, enjoy that. come on down and chirp them again. You'll love it. You <laughs> yeah. know, those guys in that team, after you gave it to them a bit, they'll probably, well, give me one sec, my stupid cat, dude, get out of here. What are you doing, asshole? Give me one sec. He's a good guy, but he just doesn't. Yes, please, and close the door. Yeah, when we get on podcasts, this cat suddenly becomes very needy. Yeah, well, he always does. Like, it's my door's closed. I'm like, hey, what's going on, asshole? Why is this door closed? So he opened right at Dave. You would have heard him definitely on that one there. I was trying to go back to our jersey ranking list. I know I had Provo up there. Well, we haven't released that episode yet. We're still, I'm still waiting for a couple more responses from the team. So. Uh, well, I think I had but, yeah. Pueblo was number one. I think I did. I had Provo up there. Well, both, both. I think both jerseys are doing pretty damn well already in current scoring. Yeah. I could, I could look here. Just give you a little preview for your listeners out there. We will be doing a uh, USPHL NCDC jersey ranking, and yes, that's going to be all sixty-nine current teams between the uh, tier two and tier three uh, levels. And so, we've gotten half the team submitted. 
because it just takes me a while to, to build those. But yeah, truthfully, uh, Provo and Pueblo are doing incredibly well out of the uh, yeah. six and nine. I'm just going to say, I'm looking at the list. I didn't need to go far. I would say that they're both doing well. That's all, under current scoring. They're both really, really high because uh, they're both gorgeous jerseys. So, mm. but honestly, the NCDC West is doing pretty well overall. Um, yeah. So I, there's some great jerseys in the West. I mean, I didn't rank. I think one. I think my personal ranking. I don't. I think the lowest ranked NCDC jersey was still in the top 25. Yeah. Um. So I think our jerseys out west are awesome. Yeah. It's, some of the ones in some of these areas though are just. Oh, it's bad. Like it's it's, re, it's, it's time for a rebrand. <laughs> rebrand. It's time to brand. <laughs> yeah well yeah i mean one particular jersey that's uh, all sponsored up i don't think any of us are ranking very high it's like if you don't have a logo up front then no one really cares uh i love the colors of that particular jersey but like i think it would be for me i would guarantee that jersey would probably be top 15 if they actually just put the logo as the centerpiece because i love the colors the colors are wild but when when you have a sponsor is like I mean, I'm sorry, not even European hockey teams do that, dude. I no. mean, the sponsors are all over, but they're not, you know, it, this is basically, uh, was it, Premier League level BS. It's like, yeah, you're, you're, you're Volkswagen. I don't, I don't know. I don't watch Premier League. But, yeah, I wish also my Australian football team had a cooler sponsor than they do. I won't name the sponsor because I'm not giving them free advertising. But it'd be cooler. Like some of these Australian teams have some sick-ass sponsors and just not mine. It's boring it's a bank i think I don't know, i'm not from australia but let's get back to it let's talk about provo <laughs> <laughs> now now we're uh, going away from australia back to provo um so obviously that must have been one of your most memorable games you ever played you had did you have anything else ranking up there with that game yeah we honestly well like Dating back to earlier in the season, we had some – I don't know if you guys remember this, but we loved going to overtime and shootouts. Like, we would win. Like, we started off hot, but, like, yeah, three or four of, like, the seven games went to overtime and a shootout. I mean, nothing – like, I, I didn't specifically – well, I played in one shootout game, and we played against the Outliers at home. It went – I think it went seven rounds, and there was just no goals until the seventh round. And we ended up losing, but I, that game was crazy. I mean, trying to think about other games. Games that I played in, I mean, games that I didn't play in wise, like the Idaho games have been crazy this year. Like every single game that we've played there has been just an absolute like barn burner. Like we won an OT in the in the showcase right before break. Like that was crazy. I mean, Michael played a really good game that game. Probably, I want to say like right after break, we came back. The first game we played was Idaho at home. And, you know, we were preparing the whole week. We didn't really know because every single game that we had with Idaho this year has been OT, OT, one goal, two goal games. And we came back at home right after break. And it was like right from warm-ups, I could tell, like, our team was, we're ready to be back, whatever. And we ended up just taking over that game. Like, I think it was one nothing after the first period or, like, 2 nothing, And it ended up being 7-2 to two after the second period. And we get in the locker room, we're just like, is that really what we're like when we can play like that? You know, like if, if we played like that the whole season, we wouldn't lose a game. But yeah, you know, obviously getting the first game back under the belt against Idaho, that, that felt pretty good. But 
most memorable. I'm probably looking forward to this weekend, honestly. We got two games in Idaho. Looking for a sweep this weekend would be really nice uh, standings-wise. It would also be really good for our team morale, you know. So I- I'm really excited for this weekend. Yeah, and those are those are always really fun games. So you're saying you're playing in you're playing in Idaho Falls this weekend, right? Yeah, we're we're in Idaho Falls for two this weekend. Yeah, those are, those that's a, such a fun arena. I can't wait to get out there too. In fact, that's one of those things where if uh, if you're listening, NCDC, um, and honestly, this stands for the USPHL too. Um, can we shift the the showcases to January? Because the December <laughs> fact of like having them right before Christmas is horrible. Going to the Vegas showcase last season, I mean, it's right before. I mean, we're talking days, not weeks. We're talking days before Christmas. So everything's expensive. Hotels are expensive. Rental cars are booked up and expensive. Flights are ridiculous. A lot of players are heading home already and not finishing up the showcase because they got to catch flights. I think it'd be better if it's during that really horrible time of year everyone hates that you know we're in it right now in January, uh, where it's dark, there's not a lot going, all the Christmas lights are down. This would be a nice time if we're going to do showcase right around that holiday season. Why not bring everyone back right into a showcase? Everyone's flying into one big city like Vegas or something and taking buses home and everyone's sharing stories. Do it that way. This current way. Plus, honestly, we've all been there. Once you spend a few days with your family, you're ready to leave anyway. So everybody's ready to go back, uh, go back to their teams, participate in the showcase. And everything's dropped in price because it's the new year. So it's cold. It and, it's cold in Nevada, then, man. So <laughs> it's cold in Nevada in December, three weeks earlier. Just shifted a couple weeks. No, no, that's what I mean, though. That's that's why I'm saying yeah. it's dead. You know what I mean? I wasn't bashing. I was like, it's dead at that oh, point. Okay. Vegas is yeah. not as busy, so get yeah, get people out there. Yeah, it's it's. I think it would be a great idea, but this, this time frame that they have it is just it's brutal. So NCDC, USPHL, shift it. We have literally the worst showcase timings in in the ncdc usphl i hate how bad our showcase timings are it's like i think it would just be better i think it also we're talking getting teams out there that aren't from the west i think it's cheaper for them obviously too to bring everyone back hey remember guys you know before they leave for christmas we're going to vegas after christmas like that's a great way to come back versus oh i just want to get vegas out of the way so that i can go home and see my family nah bring everyone back you know when when you leave christmas you're going to vegas like i think that's the way to do it. I think that's the smartest way to do it. But that's uh, – I'm sure there's something somewhere why, why they do it at probably the dumbest time of year to have a showcase. But, um, I mean, I think some of the decisions could be changed. But, yeah, so Provo itself, uh, you've mentioned how being from the East Coast, like we both are, uh, all of us are on this podcast, are from the East Coast. And so you come out West, and, I mean, I came out West, and I had to stay here. I mean, well, I bounced around, yeah. but I came back. Um, Steve, <laughs> I was about to say, yeah, you were West, uh, you were super East, <laughs> and now you're very Call it Denmark, bud. Well, I know. We start to, I know England, Denmark. I've been all over. But, uh, you know, with the West Coast, once you get it in your blood, you can't get it out. Steve's never left. Steve went to Phoenix, and just you can't pry it away from him. You know, hot tub story incoming soon, probably. Yeah, but uh, that thing tonight and refill the backup. I love that. I love and, that. And uh, you know, <laughs> coming from New Jersey and then uh, coming out to Provo. You know, what are your favorite things like so far about just Provo itself? Uh, Provo living, like eat favorite places to eat, favorite hikes, stuff like that. Well, uh, yeah. So I actually got the the pleasure to drive out here from New Jersey. I brought my car. I brought my dad's car, so my whole family went out here. So I actually came here because I was I've been here since training camp. So we had our training camp in in early August. I think it was the ninth, and then we went back home. But 
when I got I flew out here for training camp on my own and I've never been this far west. I think the farthest west I've been before was I don't even know, like Ohio maybe. Like I like I have not been this far at all. And I'm not gonna lie, the altitude took me probably a week, week and a half to get used to. Yeah. Like the first the first during training camp it was bad the whole week, I'm not gonna lie. Like I was not my best for sure during training camp. You know, I I was fighting. You can't be that elevation gets yeah. you when you make it here. Yeah, like we no. have a transition time. Like when you when you yeah. move here, like when I moved here from England, you had a we had at least for us, we had months to transition before we yeah, were yeah. expected to do anything physical, uh, fitness wise. Yeah. Yeah, no, well, I felt like I was definitely fighting pucks. I didn't throw up or anything, but you know, I I could just tell that I was not I was not myself. I ended training camp and I went back home to Jersey and you know, I thought like, all right, I really gotta get ready for the season now. So I, I tried to get like crazy in shape like the two weeks I was home. I didn't really hang out with friends. I just wanted to be ready for, you know, the first day of the actual season. And I got back here and it's like, all right, you need to adjust again. No matter what I do, it's not gonna work. So probably took me another week when I came here. Well, actually, when we were we were coming out here with my parents, we came a day late because my car that I was going to drive out here, it ended up breaking down the day I was leaving the Provo. So that's why I got my dad's car out here. Um, and we drove here. It took us three three days and three nights. And we got out here. And I had already know what it was like, but my parents were like, this is absolutely beautiful. So, um, you know, they were a little hesitant to leave me because I'm an only child and whatever. And it's so far out, like they can't come see me a lot. And then I think as soon as they saw the area, they were like, all right, he's fine here. Like he's going to love it. You know, as far as places to eat, there's not really like special places in Provo that we go eat. Like we, the me and the boys, like after games, we'll go to Canes. And we don't have Canes on the East Coast, you know. So we go to Canes. We go to In-N-Out. There's no In-N-Out over there. We go here. It's pretty cheap. And then one of the first days I was here, I went to this, uh, this Y mountain in Provo. It's like, right. It's the mountain directly to the left of the rink. It's, it's like halfway up the mountain and it has a nice trail there. And, uh, I actually went there by myself. I don't know. I didn't really feel like bringing any of the boys. Um, I went at night and I, I got up there and I was just chilling there for like an hour and it was, you could see the whole state from up there. And it was like, you like, you do not have anything remotely close to this in New Jersey. And that's when I was like, that's when I kind of settled in and, and really started enjoying it. But yeah, like living wise, I, I don't think I could ask for anything better for juniors, you know, like I, I really do like it out here. No, it, it's absolutely gorgeous. I mean, when I first drove into Utah, cause I was, uh, we moved from England and then I had a couple, I, we're doing it right around Christmas timeframe. So I spent a couple weeks back in, in Buffalo and then we drove out west. And uh, mm-hmm. when you first drive through, uh, I think it's on Interstate 80, I think, mm-hmm. and you drive through that first big mountain pass, yeah. your 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 mouth just drops. You're yeah, just for sure. like shocked at what you're driving into. And I call it the gateway. To, I call that the gateway to the west, whatever that segment is right there. You're just, you can't believe what you're driving into. And uh, it's just stunning. And it really, so many great hikes. It's It gets in your blood. I, I joked about fry sauce when I first moved there, and now yeah. I really can't live without it. Um, it's really <laughs> simple, but it's yeah. as stupidly simple as it is. It's amazing. Yeah. And sure. uh, but let's uh let's take a moment to recognize the sponsor for this episode, and that's going to be DraftKings. 
Looking for a super offer for Super Bowl 58? DraftKings Sportsbook has you covered. New customers can bet on the big game and turn five bucks into 200 instantly in bonus bets. Right now, that spread is looking like a 1.5 spread for this Chiefs 49ers game. So pretty tight one. So download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code THPN. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get 200 instantly in bonus bets. Only on DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of Super Bowl 58 with code THPN. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for prom gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction, void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash football for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. We want to again thank DraftKings for sponsoring this episode. And, and so, Steve, right. I know you have kind of similar stories down there in Phoenix, too. Well, yeah. The, well, we drove all the way from <clears throat> Montreal, saw my family in northern Ontario, and then made the trek across. All I can tell you is Nebraska is not fun. No, and yeah, we went, we went to Nebraska, too. Yeah. Oh, man, it's rough. And here's, yeah, a, yeah. here's a story you'll laugh at, man, because I swear to God, we thought we were in deliverance. But we stop off at this little place in Nebraska, and – right where our little hotel was we had two dogs so we need a little motel where they can get in and out of and we're literally like right behind the motel is cornfields right i'm like oh we're gonna be killed (laughs) but the only thing that was open was like this little truck stop like you know pizza hut and something else so my wife's like well let's just go take a walk on over there you know and go get some dinner and as we're walking over there's these two teenage kids and they're picking up there's tons of these little toads on the ground and they were picking them up and smashing them on the ground and i'm walking i'm walking with my wife towards them i'm like do we really want to do this and one just looked at me how you doing sir and i'm like a lot better than toads just kept on walking i was like oh god yeah that's that's what you know (laughs) yeah yeah thank god i'm not a toad but uh yeah it was the drive but when you start hitting the rocky mountains and you get up in that and then where the rockies split off when you know colorado utah arizona it's just yeah like in my in my honest opinion utah is just outstanding yeah just like but colorado is too right so you can't really knock either that that's why the drive to Pueblo is bearable, you know. Like you go through everything, you see you see crazy stuff in the mountains, you know. Like at least it's bearable for me because I don't I don't see it. Like a lot of a lot of my teammates are from the west, but you know when I'm on the when I'm on the bus to to Pueblo or, or anything that's like farther, and I see all these mountains, they're like making fun of me. They're like, you never seen a mountain before, and it's like, no, like I haven't seen anything like this before, you know. So it's uh. It's pretty cool, definitely. Yeah, I, I like it a lot. Now, Ryan, you were yeah. mentioning about your, you know, finding your groove again, like you know, coming on out. What What do you think it was that finally let you settle down? Because to me, it sounded like you were trying to do too much, right? Yeah, that yeah. So when I, I've got to do too much mode. So what What do you think it was that settled you down? Yeah, when I got here, I kind of felt like you know, straight to tier two hockey. You know, I knew it was going to be an adjustment. But, you know, I, I wanted to find my groove as much as possible. So I, I ended up getting really frustrated with myself when I first got here because I, I didn't feel like I was playing the way I wanted to. So um, about like a week in, I also like when I first got here, it was, it, yeah, it was just so like 
kind of to settle in, I, I just like in practice, I really focused on my angles. I felt like my angles because for in Jersey, there's no Olympic rinks either. And peaks, you know, in Provo, it's like huge, huge Olympic rink and Ogden's Olympic. And, and I'm, I shortly realized, all right, I gotta, I gotta figure this out. And, you know, people don't think uh, that it messes with you, but going from NHL to Olympic ice is an adjustment in itself. And, you know, so on top of me not playing the way I wanted to, it was, I was just in my head. So I started getting to practice earlier, actually, and just kind of, kind of putting myself in a mental space that I was, I was going to be better this day. And I felt like it took three, maybe four practices where every day I kind of felt like, all right, I'm taking a step in the right direction, step in the right direction. And once I hit that fourth practice, I'd say I was, I was all good. Like I didn't even look back once it was like, and then every practice after that was positive. And it was like, as long as you can take the positive out of the practice that you had and then take it into the weekend, you know, because I didn't play a game the first two weeks. Like, I didn't play – we played Ogden. I didn't play Ogden. We played Idaho the next week, and I didn't play Idaho. So then on top of that, you know, I'm super in my head, whatever. Continued with the practice stuff, continued getting there early, kind of, like, put myself in, a, in the right mind, did some yoga. And I finally, like, that the next Monday, I, it just, like, everything clicked for me. And it felt like it how I was was in New Jersey playing for the Titans like my confidence was there my angles were on you know and then we played Pueblo that weekend and I ended up getting my first start and it was really good game for us we swept them at home and all it took I felt like was that first win for me to realize like all right I can be an NCDC goalie I could play tier two and then after that I kind of just ran with it and I I don't feel like I've had any problems since yeah so it really sounded like it's and it happens to us right where you you got the good intention of wanting to get in great shape, be laser focused and ready to go. But sometimes you're just forcing it. Right. Yeah. Cause when you're talking about fighting a puck, a lot of that is just settle into your game, you know, let, cause the one, one NHL goalie, you know, that came to mind, shoot, he's just, uh, I can picture him right now. He's a former coyote that just won the cup with the, with the golden Knights. Aiden was, Hill. Yeah. Aiden Hill. Yeah. Was it Aiden Hill? Yeah. Yeah. So, the, the advice he got, because he's a bigger goalie, was mm. you're doing too much to get to the puck. Let it come to you. Mm. You know, you're you're fighting you're fighting to get there too much. So they told him sit back a little bit more and be a little bit more patient, right? Mm. So, you know, sometimes it's just you know that. And for you, it was you know the best thing, right? Incremental yeah, things sure. just to let yourself settle back in to you, right? Yeah. Because it obviously it sounds like you weren't being you on the on the ice, and mm-hmm. but yeah, but going back to it though, the big ice, you now know the reverse of what happens to a lot of the Europeans that come over to play, right? And yeah. then they're playing on the smaller NHL ice, going, and I have no the, space. Yeah, yeah. Well, I feel like people don't talk about it enough. Like the the Olympic to NHL is is crazy for goalies. For players, all right, like you can kind of settle in, but goalies it takes. Sometimes it'll take a period into a game if you're really, you know, if you feel like that day, like the ice is really bothering you or whatever, it'll take a period to settle in. And and I learned that the hard way out here, you know, like nobody warned me, oh, the Olympic ice is going to be different. And I, I kind of just had to do it on my own. And but like once you realize that and once you go into games knowing or whatever, like you're you're fine, you'll, you'll be good. But it, it definitely takes you a moment to realize that you need to adjust. Well, yeah, like the yeah. first thing that would come to my mind, because I never played on a bigger ice surface like that, would be mm-hmm. just the fact that they can make a hell of a lot more plays in the corner area, right? Yeah, you're not getting for forced sure. and you have to pay more attention 
because you can get burnt easily that way. And like, that's just me, you know, off the top of my head, looking at it, thinking, okay, if I'm sitting there and there's all that extra space, shit, right. You really, you, yeah, you can't, you, you can't ease off of it as much. Right. No, not at all. Yeah. You, you definitely get in your head. And like you said, like the, yeah. What I found the biggest thing with me was, was below the goal line plays out to the middle. It, you know what I mean? Like the, the slot yeah. area from the, from the corner, it's like, you're just in your head because it's so much bigger. Like this is when you're when your mental space isn't right, and you're just thinking like, "Wow, how much extra room does he have?" And obviously, they're gonna beat you if you're thinking that way, you know. And mm-hmm. and so it was definitely adjustments from you know corner out, goal line out, and stuff like that. And but they're they're really minor adjustments when you think about it. Like you 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 think in your head that they're crazy crazy adjustments when it's literally like a a half a step or like a half more depth in out of the crease you know and it it really is easy easy solutions but when you're doing it on your own it's 10 times harder yeah and then when you're putting that extra pressure on yourself too right yeah for sure yeah yeah because the when when you said you went to yoga and you went to go clear the old headspace that's one of the best things you know you can do you know just get out of your own head because that's sometimes that's your biggest roadblock right there for sure yeah yeah i remember uh back when i uh was playing I don't know. It was like when I first got to North Dakota and uh, was playing there. I talked a big game because I was still, I guess, young, dumb, and confident. And uh, I got lit up. Like I had, I just, I think, and I think again, I may have told the story on the podcast, but I, it started off bad enough um, where I just let in a couple, two or three, like just should have had backs. And I'm like, all right, whatever. Got to get my head back in the game. And then you know, puck came down into the zone, so I just went out to you know, grab it and send it back out. And uh, somehow it went off the back of my stick between my legs and towards oh. the net. And I was nowhere near the net. Um, yeah. And so I just went back into the blue, <laughs> hey, Chris, my head down. Yeah. He's good. You flurried that shit. <laughs> <laughs> I love Mark Andre, but that's a flurry, man. <laughs> yeah. It was, it was pretty embarrassing, but I just remember going back and just, I wouldn't make eye contact with my teammates I was getting heckled pretty good. And I just remember I looked down and I'm just like, you know, get the fuck out of your head. Just, just play hockey. Just, just play. And then I just was, I suddenly went into a beach ball. I, nothing, mm-hmm. uh, nothing was getting past me. I just went from probably the, the worst kind of period that I've ever played to probably some of the best in the same game. And uh, yeah, that headspace is really important for goalies because, uh, and, and the fans know it. Um, some goalies are really good at, I guess, maybe down there in Pueblo as well, uh, the, knowing kind of maybe what buttons to poke because certain goalies, it'll throw them off. Other goalies, it's just going to make you even that much more focused. Yeah. And uh, I think the crowds out West, uh, you need to be one of those focused goalies. The, like I said, these fans are educated. They're going to do the research. They're going to they're gonna find ways to get into your head. So you've got to kind of play into it. But like you did, you, you maybe got your emotions a little bit more of you than you would have liked. Yeah. And, uh, but it's sometimes that for me, I just, if I was feeling good and in a good mood, I was terrible. I just needed to be angry when I was on the mm-hmm. ice and I focused. And so that, that also modified my playlist. I was making sure I just kind of get angry before a game because then it, the, the puck turned into a beach ball. But if I was feeling good and everything was going great, I sucked. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I wish I had a better story. But... <laughs> Yeah, I played better angry. Yeah, I mean, 
I always say it's it's definitely easier to get up a, for a game when there's fans. You know, you know, there's less room for mistakes, and you kind of you kind of prepare that way. For me, it's it's more of a instead of trying to do more, it's a if, if you don't make a mistake, they're not going to have a reason to you know do anything. So like always the first period when they're when you're in front of fans, you know, don't do anything extra. Like don't don't go behind the net. Don't don't try to do. If you go behind the net, just clear it, give it to your defenseman, get out of there. Don't don't try to be doing toe drags behind the net because early in games, you know, it's it's definitely easier to <laughs> easier to fall behind the net or something. Once you fall or you fumble the puck, the fans are going to give it to you the rest of the game. But, yeah, I mean, even depending on the day, I feel like for me, like if, if fans are like that for me, I, I feel like it's it's better. Like I play way better when they're when – they're, uh, on top of me, it's kind of been like that my whole life, all the way dating back to high school, you know, because there's there was crowds for high school too, like rivalry games and stuff like that. And I always I always played better in the in those type of games because I feel like for goalies it is important to play with emotion, you know. Like like I said, yeah, I probably a little a little bit of the emotion get too good for me in the, in Pueblo. But if you can play with emotion and control it at the same time, you're not gonna let anything in. You're not you're not gonna make mistakes, you know. For me, it's just using the emotion to kind of control control your game but don't don't let it don't let it get out of hand yeah now are you a superstitious goalie do you have the same routine yeah you do every yeah time? yeah yeah we all are yeah. we're all we're a crazy bad shit group so yeah uh, I, i've been doing the same thing for six years now i think yeah so do you, do you are you superstitious where you won't talk about it or can you give us a little preview of oh no yeah i i mean so here the good thing about here compared to playing triple a in, in in new jersey is we we get to games two and a half hours early so you know you have time, two and a half hours before warm-up so you're gonna have plenty of time here um so usually like the first 15 20 i just take i usually take my stick before every game i kind of like let everything like i stay in my suit so that i realize like all right like just kind of breathe get your stick then you sort of change into the warm-up clothes and you start to put your headphones on and you you start to get more amped and you progressively get more excited for the game. So I'll, I'll tape my stick for about 20 and then I'll go and bring my yoga mat. I usually do yoga for like 35, 40 minutes. And then after that, I'll do a dynamic warm up, probably 20, 30 minutes as well. And then like ball work, like hand eye stuff, like bring the glove out. I'll probably do that for 20, 30 minutes. And then 30 to 40 minutes before warm ups, I usually just go and sit like in the middle of the rink and kind of just like wear my headphones and just picture myself making the saves on the ice and uh and and really like try to talk it talk it into myself that I can do it uh especially in the games where there's fans where you're kind of just envisioning the whole whole building being being uh being full and and, and you kind of stealing the show so I kind of try to do that and then you know once I get dressed it's it's I don't really talk to anybody and uh especially after warm once warm ups are done it's it's dialed. I'm dialed. I'm, I'm not talking to anybody in between whistles. You know, I'll have, I'll have a couple jokes with the guys if I make a good save. But other than that, it's, it's pretty quiet for me, the rest of the game until after the game, then, then everything's off. Yeah. I think, uh, you get into that, that headspace before a game. It is, it's a lot better to have that, that couple hours, um, mm-hmm. at a rink prior yeah. to, I think, I don't know. Again, I'm sure I guess it's good for all players, but I think it's most critical for goalies because, uh, like I said, Heath's a co-host on this podcast now, but when he was just a guest, uh, he was talking about that too, like some of the problems that they had when they would get to rinks, like 
with almost little to no time to to get ready for the game and as a goalie that just mm. that just screws you up <laughs> like you've got you're just trying to get your equipment on as quickly yeah, as possible I, and get I, out there and you're you're in, you're in trouble already yeah well I've always been big on getting there early before games, you know, even younger, like 15, you know, 14, you know, I, I was crazy. You know, I probably shouldn't have got there like two hours before games when I was 14 or 15, but just the, when you, when you get there late, like not late, but like even, I feel like even an hour before you go on the ice is just like, it's just not enough time to get in the right headspace. And you kind of rushing, like you always want to leave time to get dressed because you don't want to rush. And it's just, yeah, it, I feel like it's not a good recipe. That's why I really appreciate, you know, I feel like every team out here that I've seen, like bus wise, like when when they have to travel, like I think the latest I've ever seen a team come in was probably like an hour and fifty two hours before warmups, which is still you know plenty of time. Like, don't get me wrong. <laughs> yeah, yeah and, it's that and pregame the- routine of it, like you're saying about the stretching, like you're doing yoga, you know, clearing your head, and then stopping that adrenaline dump from coming too soon. Right, keep yourself settled mm-hmm. and let yourself progressively yeah. get there. Because the problem when you're rushing, like when I found that was I'm rushing and I'm amped up, like, you know, it's not a good combo to get into your headspace, right? And then you're out in the ice and you haven't settled yourself into the mind frame you need to, to focus on the puck and focus on what you need to do. Um, sure. Do you have anything specific you do on warmups? Um, because like, if I could go back in time, my first thing would have been is to go down the bench, punch the coach in the throat and say to everybody, <laughs> shoot blocker, shoot glove, yeah. shoot low pad, stop trying to snipe me. And to the yeah. asshole who realized he had a good slap shot, don't take a slap shot at me in the, you know, between the hashes. So yeah, just, just put that out there, Steve, into the, into the goalie verse and just what not to do to your goalie in warmups. Don't don't hit him in the neck. Don't hit him in the collarbone. Yeah. Um, don't take your best thing. shot. Don't take him out. Yeah, well, and don't expose his weakness just to make it. yourself feel good so the other team can see, oh, shit, uh, low blocker all day long, right? There's nothing <laughs> more awesome than that, right? Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm the big on when I was coaching. Like, I, I controlled the goalie. Like, it would be, usually be the backup in when the boys are trying to, you know, load up and yeah, yeah. Impress that, themselves good, before yeah. a game, you know, but that, that would that would annoy the piss out of me. Um watching watching guys just ripping them up. Like it's different in the NHL. You got guys that got a lot yeah. more control on their shots. Yeah, yeah. But for sure. <laughs> I mean the whole year, I mean, it's been great because it is a fifteen minute warm up in the NCDC, so it's it's plenty of time to, to get warm for the game. But we my main thing in warmups is just before I even, you know, touch a puck shots from the blue line or whatever, I, uh, I bring one of my teammates, whoever it may be that, that game, uh, whoever wants to shoot, I just bring them and I go, I go five glove, five blocker. And then I go five that I trap my chest. And then, uh, then I give them one shot from like the hash marks and they can shoot wherever. And then if I stop it, you know, I'm getting out of the net for like two minutes and letting the other goalie get in, uh, then I'll feel good. If I let it in, um, we'll go again until I save it because uh yeah I'm pretty big on in warm-ups not not ending on a on a goal so me and me and Post and my partner we have a pretty good thing going where uh whoever's starting that day um you know if you're letting one in they're staying in until they make a save you know like we we don't bug each other about that which is good uh but yeah I mean as far as the warm-up shots like beginning of warm-ups it's been unreal this year it's definitely gotten me gotten me gotten me ready for the games which is good all right, so what music are you listening to just before you jump on the ice? 
Good question. Just before I'm jumping on the ice, I'm listening to rap or rock. But on the bus, depending on how I far I liked you. Say, yeah, say <laughs> say we're say we're going to Idaho Falls for like a four and a half hour bus ride. First like two hours, I'll listen to country for like the next hour. I'll listen to EDM. I'll listen to EDM. And then once we're like an hour, hour away, it's it's straight rap and rap and rock. Other than that, I feel like that's the only two that you can listen to before a game, to be honest. You cannot listen to country music before a game. No, I hey, I can't listen to country music, so sorry. Yeah, you just, but, you just know right now in Idaho when you're gonna be rolling on in there, they're gonna have some country blaring on the Yeah, yeah. I, I wouldn't be surprised. <laughs> Throw a little achy breaky heart on there to really screw with you. Get yeah, that I, I would not stuck in your head before you I would not be surprised at all. <laughs> thing is there's like certain songs too that they like even obviously when you when you get onto the ice and everything you can't have your headphones in anymore well mm-hmm. you probably could but that'd probably be a dumb idea but there are certain songs that i'll just play in my head especially when you're just kind of chopping up the crease yeah, and everything yeah, yeah. and you just get into that rhythm because that's the song it's just going to replay mm-hmm. and replay because that's the one that warms you up and you find the most random i had a couple random songs uh, i always said the one song i can't even say the name on the podcast but it, it got me the, the the tournament uh in in germany uh, that, that song was perfect for that whole thing and it was great but um but yeah i mean i'm i'm the same style music so i get that except for the whole country thing yeah that, i, I was never 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 listened to country until this year a lot of my teammates changed changed my ways so i'm not gonna hate on it yet no and everyone has their thing i don't know who was steve i think you were on the podcast whoever we had on the podcast where their teammate would listen to what the Hannah Montana album. And he's like this, no one, no one could, but the, he, that's what pumped him up. And I'm like, that's, there might be something wrong with your teammate, the Hannah Montana album. I got, a, I got a teammate. I got a teammate, actually a housemate that I live with. His name's Jackson Lucia. Um, cannot listen to rap music or He'll listen to rock occasionally, but he listens to country music like right before he gets on the ice. And this kid is like most consistent kid on the ice. And the fact that he's listening to country music like 10 minutes before we're going out for the game is is crazy to me. Like, I, I don't know how he does it. One has their thing. Yeah. <laughs> Even if it's wrong, Jackson, yeah. everyone has their thing. <laughs> so, Ryan, if you can bring one thing from Jersey on over to uh, Provo, what would it be? This is an easy one. I want to bring the bagels with me. I miss it back in Jersey. <laughs> yeah, Montreal had these, had really good bagels. At there, too. I knew that was coming. Yeah, he <laughs> said bagels and. <laughs> I'm shaped. Who does it better, Montreal or New York, Steve? Uh you know what? Um, that's a tough one, man. Oh, you know what? I, I can easily irritate my wife here very quickly. Can you hear me, babe? <laughs> No, she can't hear me. No, um, she, she, she knows you're on the podcast. She's ignoring you for a while. <laughs> yeah, she puts on the headphones so she doesn't have to hear me talk the whole time. But uh, no, I'd say I'm, I have to give it to New York on this one. I've had them both, and I think New York New York has better bagels. So, and that isn't the New American Jersey, New Jersey, not, not <laughs> okay, New Jersey, not Jersey. New Jersey. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I've ever had bagels in Jersey. I've spent enough time in Jersey, but I don't think I've ever had the it's, bagels. It's better, than, it's better than New York, I'm telling you. Um, I guess that's something that I'll have to go down the next <laughs> road next time. Exactly. I do exactly. New York. Yeah. Trip to his hometown just to have a bagel, yeah. man. 
Good excuse. Yeah, for, take, good excuse for take a trip to Wayne Rangers or the Devils. <laughs> yeah. No, the Devils. Like that's a good. I mean, I've been to Prudential. Um, in fact, I was at that game. Are you a Devils fan, by the way? Who's your team? I'm I'm a Devils fan. So fun fact: my dad's an electrician, and he was he did the lighting in the Prudential Center when it was going up. Actually, sick. Yeah, that's sick. So we a, we go to a lot a of great Devils arena. games. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's fun. I got if they ever need someone to fix it, it's him, hey. Yeah, my my senior night for high school was at the Prudential Center last year, so it was pretty cool too. So Ryan, what do you think they got to do with the Devils to get their goalies back on the right path this year? I think they need a new goalie. To be honest, I don't. I don't think they have the right goalies right now. I mean, Vanacek was good last year, but I don't. I don't see him playing good in the playoffs. To be honest, I think they should. They should make a move for for one at the deadline. But I'm not the coach, so who would you go for? Ah, uh, Hellebuck, but he he likes it there now. Oh, uh, Hellebuck oh, just signed long term, man. Yeah, and, maybe, um, L- maybe LA John- just did them a huge favor. That was a team I was picking to blow up, and then when PLD went over there, and he's PLDing it in, in the King for yeah. the Kings right now. Um, <laughs> so yeah, that, they Shifley hadn't even signed. So as soon as yeah. they got off their start, that cemented them in, man. So maybe John Gibson too, if he doesn't like it in Anaheim, he yeah. can always come to Jersey. Gibby. Yeah. Yeah, yeah well, he's, he's got to want to get a taste to win here, man. It's yeah. not going to happen in, in, in the Ducks in the next two to three years. So I think the Devils yeah. have the team. That's the thing. I think that they have the right the right players to go to make a run, but I don't know. They can't figure it out. Yeah, no, it's yeah, the confident. It's, it's got to have a confident tendy back there to yeah. anchor everything because you can have all the run and gun offense. You've got to have a really confident goalie back there. For sure. Um, so yeah, who I mean, uh, who do you, who do you hate the most? And are you uh, anti Rangers? I'm, I'm I'm very anti Rangers yeah, because because <laughs> we're all man. We should have had Goldie on here. This would have been fun. Yeah. Like like my my town my town is so close to New York that everybody is a Rangers fan. Like there's more there's probably twenty percent more Rangers fans than Devils fans in my town. So it's uh believe it or not, but in in the own state of the team, I'm getting. I have less people on my side than than on my side, so it's tough. My dad used to be a Rangers fan too. He grew up grew up loving the Rangers, and then as soon as he started working on the Prudential Center, he became a diehard Devils fan. So it can change. Yeah, that, that happens sometimes. Like when when you're in certain places and like the fan base is completely yeah off. I was in a I guess going back to were we talking about Australia on the podcast or before the podcast, but. No, you 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 want a little bit of preamble about your Australian football jerseys and how they need to change. <laughs> ah, yes, yes. So, yeah. So, and that, by the way, Ryan, that that, that's the effects of too many pucks that I had over over time. <laughs> it it really is. But I was I was in Australia, and uh, it was during I don't remember what it was. It was I think the Rugby World Cup. I don't know. Maybe it was the Rugby World Cup. But the uh, the Wallabies were playing off against the All Blacks, and uh, I'm in mm. Australia, so I'm like. Oh yeah, I'm rooting for the Wallabies. We go into a bar to watch the game, and I, I don't know, I said something like "Go Wallabies" or something, and everyone just kind of turned around at me. I figured I was, I would not figured I was literally surrounded by All Blacks fans in Australia. Oh. And I'm like, and I'm yeah. like, well, I'm gonna double down, go Wallabies. <laughs> and so my wife just looks at me. She's like, "God, you're stupid." <laughs> she's like, That's funny. So I'm yeah, like, hey, was I'm like, like me, man, in Vegas when uh, I was there for. Uh, I couldn't get tickets in time, but it's back. Uh, we're talking MMA here where GSP was fighting BJ Penn and it was all hyped up and 98% of the people were rooting for Penn. 
and we're at this little skid bar outside and I'm the only, like me and my wife are the only people cheering for GSP. And when Penn quit, I stood up in the middle of the bar and went, that's right. You're the <laughs> quit. And then my wife quickly grabbed me and said, okay, it's time to leave. <laughs> I don't know what it is. Oh like, God. I mean, I mean, you, I think share the, I, I don't know what to call it. The, uh, insanity. Uh, yeah. <laughs> too dead. many pucks to the head. Like we, <laughs> yeah. uh, I, I just, I don't know. I'm probably a good place to wrap it up and uh, we can continue <laughs> talking after the podcast. Yeah. So, uh, but yeah, we do want to real quickly again, thank our special guest goaltender for the NCDC's Provo Predators, Ryan Henry, for jumping on with us today. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. I had a good time. Thank you for, uh, for having me. Uh, hope you guys have a good rest of the year. Well, we appreciate again you taking the time, and uh, we'll have to get you back on here to talk uh, Devils versus Rangers. We're definitely going to yeah. Be well, but the other one now is uh, the big one's going to be to see how his prediction count comes out for the clean sweep this weekend. Oh, yeah, that's yeah. true. That's true. Yeah. some spuds. The, we'll the Spud, think, Spud Kings fans are definitely going to be listening in, and uh, you, you might get a little bit of extra hate when you hit the ice. So that that'll be fun. Uh, I like that. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. But uh, we also want to thank all of you listeners for tuning in. So make sure to follow us on social media to stay up to date. Uh, this is the Pigeon Hockey Podcast with Chris and Steve. Have a great one, hockey fans. And remember, listeners, always clear your crease.